Before we start our podcast today, I begin by acknowledging the Kwandamuka people and the Yugara tribe, the traditional custodians of the land on which we podcast here today, and pay my respects to their elders, past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Marta Milk, we're back and this is our first interview with Alana Ford. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited. <laughs> so excited. We almost have to like contain ourselves. Oh my god. I feel god. like we're gonna burst at the seat. If anyone should be nervous, it should be me. <laughs> you guys are the horrors. <laughs> we'll take it. Awesome. So, should we start with a little intro to yourself? Yes. yes. Um so I'm Alana. Um for anyone that doesn't know me yet. I am a mum to two children. Um, I have Arthur, he is four, and Evie is nearly two. Um, They are both IVF babies. I have a husband, Mitch. I've been with him for like 10 years now, 10 years this year, I think. Um, And he is a flying flight app worker. Um, So I do a lot of solo parenting. I have like a little small online business um, called Mischief and Mellow that is after the children. Arthur is Mischief and Evie is Mellow. Well, I thought she was, but I think that maybe she's, she's getting older. <laughs> yeah, maybe she's just as cheeky as him. I recently self-published um, my first book, um, The Magic Baby Lab, which is a children's IVF picture book. And I'm actually in the process of writing a second book. Mm. Wow, exciting. Yeah. I didn't know that. No, um, so, yes. Um, the next one is sort of um, for my son, Arthur, as well. Um, but it's just about, like, emotional regulation techniques yeah. and stuff because he – oh, that's the other thing about me. Um, he has ADHD. Um, so he was diagnosed last year um, and I was diagnosed in the same week as – him. So he went to the pediatrician and got diagnosed and I had an appointment booked for the same week and it just happened really quick, my appointments, like he got diagnosed and then BAM I got diagnosed too. So I thought that was pretty cool though, like to be Yeah, diagnosed together. Yeah. Like, a bit of a whirlwind for you. Yeah, um so Arthur I feel like we've always known that he has ADHD. He's like the poster boy for ADHD. So when you think of ADHD, I think that is what you usually think of, like a little boy sort of like super hyperactive. Lots of energy. Can't concentrate. Yeah, yeah always moving, yeah. loud, fun. Like that's just Arthur. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, like lacks impulse control. I mean, most little kids don't have that much impulse control, mm-hmm. but he is very extra and like compared to his peers and stuff, you can see that he is a bit different. Yeah. Um, perfect. Like love him, would not change him for the world. Um, but yeah, um, so he's just super obvious ADHD. I feel like that's kind of special though at the same time in the same week, then you kind of, you know, you're doing it together yeah, rather sure. than... Oh yeah. And know? I think like um, I've always felt like really connected like to Arthur. Yeah. Like he's just like my person. And I think that kind of makes sense now. Like I think we are like mirroring. We're almost. different. We we like present in different ways. Yeah. But I think like, yeah, he's just my person and it makes a lot of sense. Otis is here. The, uh, <laughs> we cannot escape the animals. <laughs> We're actually at a different location. But yes, there's um clinic cat. 
come to say hello. <laughs> That's amazing. And you are so busy. Like, how is your time schedule at the moment? Yeah, like, I can't even imagine, like, the FIFO. Yes. Can you sort of break that down, how, how that looks for so, you? So... At the moment, um, Mitch is on a week-on, week-off roster. So that's awesome. Yeah. He's away for a week, mm-hmm. and then he's home for a week. So I feel like a week is really good for us because a week, like if the kids get sick um, or whatever, I only have to make it through the week. one week. Like he can see yeah. the finish line. Like if – not that I would do this because of the person I am, but if I wanted to leave the washing or the cleaning or whatever for a week, it's only a week. Like I yeah. could do that. Yeah. Um, I do that. I won't. <laughs> I won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help myself. I'm like it needs to be done. We've got to do it right now. Yeah. yeah. I'll be like dying and be like, "Yep, I'll I'll get yeah. back in out." <laughs> I'm out there at eleven o'clock, shaking sheets and stuff, yes. and Tyler's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like. I literally, yes, I can't sleep. Like if it's not, yeah, it's like that time. I'm like, yeah, I've got to, I've got to do like it. Ticking over in your brain, yeah, so your that brain. I can start fresh in the morning. I don't yeah. think I can do it otherwise. Um, but yes, yeah, so he's on week on week off. So I, we find that really good for our lifestyle. Um, but previously, like when we first started dating, he did four weeks and one week oh, home. One week home yes. after four weeks. So, wait, is this before kids? When this is first? before kids. So this is when I first met Mitch. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, going off tangent here. Oh. But I met Mitch online, like on a dating app, and we just spoke there. And two months later, so I'd only seen the guy twice because he was away for four weeks at a time. Yeah. I'd seen him twice and we bought a house together. And then six months later, we were engaged had a dog um and then yeah but i don't know like everyone sort of were they shocked yeah all my friends were like this is not not it like you don't know him um this could go really badly like what are you doing? But I mean, we're still together. I was going to say nine years, 10 years. Yeah. Years, yeah. Like, so, like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That's what I think. And I, it sounds so cheesy saying that, but like, honestly, it like I, I feel like, yeah. Like, and did you just find that you two just like clicked and were connected? And yes. Like, like straight away. We were just, we were just inseparable yeah. after that first sort of meeting. And, um, yeah, we just knew. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, with the FIFO work, it is, challenging at times and i'm in like some of the fifo groups yeah. like with the mum other mums and stuff like that and everyone tends to agree that if shit's gonna hit the fan like nothing ever goes wrong when mitch is home yeah everything is sweet when he is home same. when mitch is gone like the kids get gastro ear oh, infections no. like the car doesn't work like the the other week um our garage door stopped working like i couldn't get in and out like just <laughs> and i'm like not very good at anything like that like any even like with the gastro evie was vomiting in the car and i like had to figure out how to get the car seat in and out by myself which i'm like i don't know what i'm doing Um, we've just had gastro and i'm outside capturing like pressure hosing the car seat because i was like oh hell no and like it's always when Tyler's away, like bus yes. parties, camping, stuck on strategy. Sorry, babe, the tide's coming in. Can't. I'm like, <laughs> you better swim home. You know, like you have like PTSD from gastro now. Whenever the, I can't even drive in the car anymore now with Evie. I've been like walking everywhere. I think I've lost like four kilos in like a month, and I'm like, 
It's always, just, you don't get back it's always walking. Like I've just been walking to daycare and stuff because I'm just like so stressed, like getting in the car with her. Like my heart's going a million miles an hour. You don't want that puke in the car. No. Do you? And my husband's like, oh, just like it's not really that big of a deal. I'm like, you weren't here. Like <laughs> you didn't see it. It's a week on. Yes. And then also you didn't even know like the work that like he's like, oh, like it's not a big deal. I just watched. I'm like that takes forever. The whole thing. It's all a big yeah. thing. So. Yeah. So you do amazing at the FIFO work. So Thank did it take a while to get into like a routine with the kid, like having yes. one child okay. and then having another child? So with, um, so like I said, he was working away more. Yeah. Um, he did come home at one point and was working here for a while. Yeah. Um, and so then we had Arthur and he was here for a little while. I think maybe like the first four months or something. He yeah. had a job like here. Um, and then he, I think he went to like, Bathurst or something. I don't know. For like the car thing. The car race. Um, Yeah. yeah. Um, So he went away for that for like a week and maybe it was less than that. I don't really remember. But I was like, yeah, I can do this. Like we can do it again if you want to. Like I was fine. Yeah. Um, So he did that. um, And then I think he was doing three weeks away, one week home. So that was pretty hard with Arthur. And that was when COVID had just kind of um, hit. Yeah. Um, so he worked in another state, so he wasn't allowed to come home. So he was gone for three or four months. Um, at a time, like just, yeah, he was just stuck, stuck there. because he was stuck there. He wasn't allowed to come back to Queensland because Queensland was really strict. I think he was in South Australia. Okay. Um, so he wasn't allowed to come home. And if he did have like a week off, they like would put him in a hotel for the week there. And I remember he messaged me and was like, so hard being in this hotel for a week, like by myself. I'm like, I would do anything <laughs> I would do to just be by myself in a hotel for a week. Like that sounds amazing. Like come Sign me up. Come look after you wild toddler. And how old was I? <laughs> um I think he was he must have been like about eighteen months or so. So still like pretty little, little. and full yeah. on. Yeah. And um also because of COVID and stuff, I didn't have him at daycare because we were a bit like we didn't really know. Yeah. We were like not sure, like, is this a safe thing to do? Like, should we be sending him? Like we didn't know anything about the virus really then. And I was yeah. like super anxious and like, oh like maybe like I had the opportunity. But they recommended to keep your kids home if you could. Yes. So I was kind of like, oh like let's just do that. Um Mitch's mum was able to help out. I was still working. Um, so I was actually working more because they introduced that whole COVID payment thing. Yep. Um, and I just felt like, well, I should be working more and getting paid substantially more. So I was just taking on extra shifts and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but during that time, I, I must be stupid. Anyway, <laughs> during that time, I was like, well, you know what? I'm handling this really well. Like I'm working heaps. I don't have daycare. Um, I'm still going to the gym. I've like got everything under control. Like I am killing this. Let's have another baby. And Mitch, <laughs> Mitch was due, was a, given like, they were giving like passes yeah. for you to come home. So they had so many rat tests yeah. and you were allowed to like come home, go home for like, no, I don't know, not long. It was like a week or something. And if you had like this rat test, so he was able to come home to see us. And so I organized a referral to the fertility specialist yep. because we had embryos left. Um, they fro- they yes, frozen. frozen. Yeah. Um, so I had frozen embryos left. So I organized like a referral to the fertility specialist. Um, and I was like kind of hoping like Mitch would be able to be there for the appointment because he yeah. was due home. 
Um, but it just so happened that they didn't have, like, there was no availability for yeah. one reason or another. I think like, maybe my doctor was on holidays or something. Um, but I got, I just was like, well, I'll still take the appointment because it'll probably take ages for anything to kick off. Like, we'll, we'll just go for a discussion and chat yeah. about how, you know, your cycles yeah. and everything have to line up and stuff to do. The IVF. So, yes. you have to take, like, medications and, yes. like, get on track, don't you? Yes. So, like, this consult that you were going to go to would be, like, pre-planning? Yes. So, just planning. Yeah. Talking about, let's, we want to use one of our embryos. Like, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? How they pick, like, what embryo, like, you're going to use. Yeah. Like, because they're all different grades and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So, we sort of just went in for, like, a, a chat. Yeah. Um, and I took my mum with me. I don't know where Arthur was. But, anyway, we did that and at the appointment they like do like a scan like of your ovaries yeah um to see like what your follicles are doing and stuff like that and his was my previous cycles were like medicated so like they gave me progesterone and estrogen and stuff to like mimic ovulating yeah um and then they put the embryo in like at a set time yeah and when he's doing the scan he's like oh like it looks like you're going to ovulate um soon if we were doing like a natural cycle, we'd just put like an embryo in next week. And I was like, oh yeah. And I was like, sounds good. Can, can we, we do that? that? Can we do it? <laughs> and he was just like, uh, I don't think he was actually supposed to do it because of COVID. They were only doing medicated cycles so that they could, they had to plan like in days that people were going to be in hospital and stuff. Because I did see that they, there were a lot of controversy yes. around how many they were doing because yes. it was technically not, not an emergency. Yes. Oh, so they were trying to limit like the amount of um, people coming in and out. people doing it because they wanted, I think they needed to keep the hospitals free and stuff in case like there were emergency procedures rather yes. than and stuff like that. Um, I know like elective surgeries, yes. like rather than that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't think he was supposed to let me do a natural cycle because like it was like, who knows when like, like it was actually going to happen. Like when was I actually going to ovulate? When was the actual transfer going to be? Um, but he said yes anyway. So I just sent We Mitch- love your doctor. Yeah. <laughs> He's great. Um, so I just sent Mitch a text, like literally just at the front counter. Cause I had to like sign the paperwork then and there and pay it. I was like, Hey, like all good if I like. <laughs> have a baby like we'll put a baby in like and he's like yep cool like go for it um so then I went for I think my transfer was like a week later and yeah like we were did run into a bit of trouble with that because I think like I should have had the transfer on like a Sunday or something and they weren't doing them on a Sunday at the time because of COVID and stuff but he's like it's fine like we'll just do it on the Saturday or something um they just made it Work, work somehow like it wasn't really 100% accurate but he's like oh it's not really a big deal like whatever um so then they did that transfer and then yeah Mitch wasn't here I always joke like I didn't don't even need Mitch like what's he good for like he wasn't even in the state I wasn't even allowed to bring anyone to that transfer anyway because yeah. of COVID so I had to go in by myself um so a friend of mine like took me into the appointment and stuff like um, stayed in the car, the car park. yeah she just stayed in the car um I, like, took a Valium because I got a bit of, like... Well, anxiety. Yeah. yeah it's still a procedure. Yeah, I can't imagine, like, doing Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. Um, and just, like, you get nervous. Like, what if it doesn't work? Like... Yeah, you don't have um, support there. Yeah. But then um, I found out I was pregnant. I think it was our anniversary as well. Was it Evie? Yeah, that was Evie. So, wait, how far after did you find out? Uh, so, it's 
there's a 10 day wait. Okay. Um, and then you go in for like a blood test. And uh, with Arthur, I didn't test at, you can test at home, obviously. Like they, but they ask you not to, don't they? I think they yeah. tell you not to because it, like, it can you can get a positive, and then and the numbers might not be oh, numbers okay. might not yeah. be high enough, or like if it's negative. That sometimes so the blood have self control not to. Yes, test it is really oh. hard. So from friends that have had IVF, yeah. I am getting like the texting like. I want to pee on a stick. Yeah, and you can't be like, I'm in. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Like you're so excited and like you really want to know. It's really hard, isn't it? Oh god, so hard. Um, but with Evie, I did test because Mitch was away, and I just I had like this. The only symptom I had that I knew I was pregnant with both kids was like this weird back pain, like this weird like twinge in my back, and I think that's like side or like just. It's just like on one side. It must be like where the embryo like was implanted. I'm like I don't know. Um, but I just had this back pain, and I was like, "That's exactly like that was it. That's what I knew last time before my pregnancy test." And I didn't want to. You have to like drive all the way into the city to yeah. get the bloods at like their specific pathologist. Yeah, it's which really I was early like in the morning, isn't it? Yeah, and I was like, I don't want to do. I don't really want to. I'm a terrible driver. Like super anxious. So I was like, I don't want to drive into the city. Like, just to find out it's negative. Like, I'm just going to test now and yeah. I will go to the effort of, like, organising someone to take me into the city and stuff if it's positive and it was. So, yeah, it was oh, so exciting. exciting. And it was so much quicker than with Arthur. Like, Arthur, it was, like, two years of um, trying to conceive and then, like... Um, the process of... The process of IVF, yeah. like, the injections and everything. And then, like, all the medication and stuff. And then with Evie, like, I was still breastfeeding Arthur. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was natural, like no medication, and worked first go. So, like to me, it was like couldn't believe it. And then, like finding out I was having a girl, I was like, like I am the luckiest person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, that's amazing. That is so exciting. It is like for someone who yeah doesn't really know the process of IVF, just hearing it, like I'm just like yeah, it gives me goosebumps. I still does even for me like. When I hear of other people that are going through IVF, even if I don't know them and like I find out they've been successful, I'm just like, yes, like, I don't know, like, it's, it's just such a win. It's such a win. You just yeah. really feel for them, hey, so. Well, you would, you would know the feeling of going through like all of the tests and yes. like doing the injections yeah, oh, every God. day and like the medications don't make you feel great. No. Like, it's yeah. just like, it's just the whole process. Yes. So, shall we go to your birth? Yes. yes. For both babies. Because we were going to talk about that. <clears throat> yes. My second traumatic birth is that one? Yeah. yeah well, so we'll, talk, we'll start with the first. <laughs> the first was nice. The first birth was nice. So, first birth planned cesarean? No. Yeah. Okay. Emergency. Okay. Really nice. Oh, I don't know. I had a good experience. Though. I remember um, the next day, like after the birth. Sorry, I'm skipping ahead here. I will go back. Um, a nurse or midwife came in and sat down and like, sat on the side of the bed and was like, you had like a really traumatic birth. Like, are you okay? And I was like, what do you mean? I had a great birth. Like, what are you talking about? I had the best experience. But um, I think like for a lot of people, it probably wouldn't have been maybe a good experience. Like if they had sort of certain intentions of how they thought the birth was going to go and stuff. But I, I don't know. I think I just kind of went, I was just so happy to finally have my baby that like I just could not care. But that's amazing though. Like I feel like it depends on how you feel about it. So yeah, if you're happy with yourself first. Yes. Yeah. So um yeah, with Arthur, um I went in at forty weeks. 
for like a checkup with my obstetrician and she checked my cervix. I think you spoke about this in your birth story as well. But my cervix, I don't know what the correct terminology was, but it was not ready. <laughs> it wasn't ripe. Yes. <laughs> She'd like to say a bit of fruit. I just picked her a really tight donut. Yeah. And, and but yeah, she's like, um, there is no way that this baby. Very tight. Yeah. She's yeah. like, there's no way this baby is coming on his own accord. Um, and. And sorry, how far along are you? Which I was 40 weeks at this, at this point. And she's like, there's no way this baby is coming like on his own accord within the next few weeks. Oh. Um, like, just pick a date, basically, to get induced. And so I was like, ah, uh, like, okay. And then I think she like pulled up the hospital schedule or whatever and was like, how's like Saturday or Sunday or I don't know, whatever it was. My mind. And I was just like, Maggie and I like dying. I knew nothing. I hadn't really researched anything. I just was like... Did you have like a birth plan in place? Or- I had nothing. So I was just like... You thought Arthur was just going to come with yeah. me. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well... Like, are you doing running yeah. out? He's going to run out. He's going to run out. Um, it's going to be nice and smooth and easy. Um, no, but I just thought, okay, well, whatever. You're whatever the, you guys think. You're the doctor. Like, yeah. if that's what you're saying, like, then fine. Like, let's do that. But then I... Like, I think I was, like, just panicked for, like, three days after, like, just so nervous. Like, because yeah. then I started reading things about inductions and how bad they are and, like, you know, the cascade of interventions and everything. And I was, like, freaking out. But I was, like, oh, well, like, I can't do anything. Like, this is what they're suggesting. Like, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Um. So we went into the hospital. I had the gel. Yeah. Um. I think we went in at, like, 4 p.m. or something. And then I had the gel overnight. That's the little steroid clip that they pop up and it's like the gel kind of was meant to open everything. Yeah, they just put some, yeah, they just put something in, um, some sort of gel in, um, and it, yeah, apparently just kicks off things somehow. It's like um, a picto, so it is like what gives you your contractions. They've got it in like a little like capsule and they like pop it up there. Yeah, so I think I had like another dose overnight or something like they did one at like when I first got there and then they did another dose overnight. Sorry, um, and why are they doing this if you are going in for a... That was the induction. Oh, this was, oh, this was this the induction. Was, oh, okay, okay. This is yep. one. Oh, yeah, so they, did, the so they did that, um, and then overnight, like, I had, like, a terrible sleep. I just remember, like, I was, like, tossing and turning all night. I had, like, super bad back pain, and it was, like, coming on and off, and I thought it was just, like, the position I'm in, and then I'd, like, turn position, and it would go away, but I realised now that it was actually contractions. <laughs> but at the time, I didn't recognize it as contractions because I was like contractions would be like in my stomach like I didn't understand like why it was in my back mm-hmm. well is my child is had flipped <laughs> so oh. he was posterior oh. so he was not the right way which is why it was all in my back um so the next morning they got me like into the birth suite they like checked me I think I was like two centimeters or something like nothing crazy but like they were like well, we're gonna um break your waters down yeah um, they popped me on the the drip, oxytocin or whatever. Wow, they made you real go real early with all of the all of the things. Yeah, so they, just, they did that. Um, then oh, so I laboured for a while. Um, I was like sitting on a like one of those exercise balls. I was like leaning over the bed, but because it was an induction, they had like um, all the monitoring yeah. stuff on me, and the midwife would like push me back. 
like every time I was like leaning forward, forward on like a contraction. Yes. Yeah. So she was losing losing the monitoring the whole time. So she just kept pushing me back. I like the tens of I was so annoyed because I was like, this is, comfortable I'm trying to get comfortable mm-hmm. and she just kept pushing me back. And so I think I ended up getting to like five centimeters or something on the ball and like with the tens and like I had like a little stress ball and stuff like that. Um, and she was kind of like, oh, I don't know, like if an epidural was like in your plans, but like if you want one, the anesthetist is like leaving soon, like it's now or never. And I was just so shitty that I don't think I could even like go to the toilet like by myself or anything because I had like the little drip and everything. I had to like cut that all over. Like she was pushing me back. Like I couldn't do anything anyway. So I was like, I might as well be laying down, honestly. Like I can't do anything. You at this point. So restricted I was so shitty life. that yeah. I was like, I just want to move around and do what like, I want. Yeah. So so bring them. Get the epidural. Yeah, like before you go. Yeah. Just get them. So anyway, then I think it was like two hour wait anyway. So I don't really know why. You're like, is he leaving? So yeah, I had like the tens machine on my back, and I had to take that off, and they like put me in a gown and whatever for the um, epidural. And I was like sitting over the bed for the epidural, and I remember the anaesthetist was like, you know how they go through like the the risks, yeah, yeah, like you know you have to like agree consent to it and whatever. And he's like talking to me, and like like, I was a real like short. Like, they're like, are you consenting with, like, informed consent? But they give you, like, a real small, like, while you're laboring, and you're like, I don't understand what you're saying. I don't care. I would not know anything that they said to me. But anyway, they they get your consent. Um, But he's talking to me, and um, I could, like, feel the waves of contractions. Like, I don't know how regularly they were coming, but they were coming. Like, I would feel the waves, and you'd see, like, on the monitor the wave, like, starting, and I'd be like, oh, like, hang on. So he's talking to me and I'm just like, hang on a second, like just stop. Like yeah. I'm I've just, I've got to have this contraction and then I'll talk to you. And he goes to Mitch, what's wrong with her? Which is like, <laughs> she's in labor. Like she's having a contraction. Like, don't you see this? Is your first day on the job? Yeah, I'm so confused. We're like, oh. what does he mean? What's wrong? Like she's having a contraction. But anyway, they ended up doing the epidural. I don't <laughs> think there was any problems <laughs> with it. Like it was fine. Um, but yeah, just... Had no idea. He had no idea what was going on. I don't think. We're all just like shaking our heads here. <laughs> just for <laughs> reference. It's just he was a man. Like, <laughs> just, just, just men, really, isn't it? They just don't know. But yeah, the epidural was good. Like I had an app. I could still feel like my move my legs a bit and stuff. Like it wasn't too intense. It was like yeah. just took the edge off. It was well managed. Then. Yeah. Numb you to all her. No, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, had a little sleep. When I woke up, the obstetrician came in and checked me and was like, "You're ten centimeters. Let's push." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And he's like, "I'll come back like in an hour. Let's okay. see how you've gone." And so I pushed. Well, I ended up pushing for an hour and a half. And the midwife like said I'd done a good job. Like I don't know. I was like not sure why the baby was not coming. But it was funny. Even like when I was pushing, it felt really surreal. Yeah. Like, it didn't feel like that was what was meant to happen for me, like, for some reason. I don't know why. I just felt like, this isn't right. Like, a, this is not what's meant to be happening. Like, I don't, I felt like I was meant to have a C-section or something. It's really strange. Um, but they came back in and the obstetrician said, um, so he's posterior. His head was tilted as well. Yeah, okay. Um, so he's like, we have to go down to surgery. He's like, you can either choose... Um, episiotomy and forceps 
um, or you can choose a C-section. He's like, if your heart's like set on a vaginal birth, we'll do like the episiotomy and forceps. He's like, but it's going to be traumatic. a very big like cut, like not like a small cut, like a very big cut because I'm quite small and my baby was quite big. And, and so how did they find out that Bob was posterior? Um, I think they just, like they could they, see they it. Like he was her. not, he was like, like he was like at the exit, like he they could see him and everything. They just couldn't. Yeah, just wondering if they internally went. In yeah, I think they did. Like they did. They did mm-hmm. do like he went in and checked and stuff and could see that he was like the wrong way and yeah that his head was tilted. Um. So yeah, he said like I would have like a lot of pelvic floor issues and stuff. What options? Like yeah, no, he's saying it's an option, but oh, what a C-section! But I was like, okay, like let's just do the C-section. So I had an emergency c-section like they call it an emergency but there was no emergency like i was fine they baby was fine yeah like everything was good um so went down for surgery and then arthur was born and it was yeah great like no issues i don't know i had like i said the nurse said oh you're like traumatic birth and i'm like really like i i liked it i was just so tired though like i was just I don't think I really had any idea what was happening by the time I came to the C-section. Like, I was so out of it. I It'd been a long induction. Like, well, you'd leave it all day yes. to have surgery. Yes. I think it was, like, 8 p.m. by that yeah. point. Like, and also, like, I'd been there the night before with the contractions overnight. Where I was kind of like, oh, what's this? So you'd, like, labor technically for, like, you know, two days. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, so yeah. I was pretty stuffed by then. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that was all sweet. Um... So then when I was pregnant with Evie, um, I saw the same obstetrician and he said, like, what's your plans? Like, do you want to go for or do you just want to go for a C-section? Um, Mitch was working away. I felt with my previous labor um, and C-section and everything that I'd kind of experienced Both. everything. Yeah, you really <laughs> I labored, I pushed. I got induced, like, then I had a C-section. Like, I experienced everything anyway, so I was like, it's not like I don't have this longing to have a vaginal birth because I feel like I kind of got almost, almost yeah. did it. Let's just do the C-section. It was easier as far as work goes and stuff. Like, I didn't want to risk Mitch not being here. Um, it's much easier to plan, especially in your situation. Yeah. And if you, you know, I feel like that's a great option if you're like, well, I didn't mind the C-section. Yeah, so I was like, mm-hmm. let's just do that. Um, so they booked me in for 38 plus four or something, I think I was. Um, they do them on like a Wednesday. Um, and so did you go with the same... Same obstetrician. Yeah. yeah. So I was looking forward to the birth, like I had no issues. Um, but on the Sunday, I was due to go in on the Wednesday. On the Sunday... I became very ill <laughs> with diarrhea. <laughs> Yay! Oh um, was it gastro? <laughs> was it like pre-labor? No, it was actually. It ended up being food poisoning. Oh hell! Um, <clears throat> but I didn't know that. I thought, oh, am I going into labor early? I called like the, the labor ward and said, like, oh, like this is happening. Like, what do I do? They called the obstetrician. They said, oh, there's nothing you can do or take for it. Like. Just, just, yeah, write it out. Go to emergency if you're dehydrated. I'm like, I'm 38 weeks pregnant, shitting myself like every 30 minutes. I am, like, I, I am not going to emergency. Like, I'm not going to sit 
in emergency, like, and shit myself. Like, I would run Arthur. a drink. Yeah. Yeah. How old's Arthur? Um, Arthur was a, a little over two. Yeah. Were you home by yourself? Mitch was home oh. because he was home ready, ready for, for the section. So, yeah, good thing that Mitch was there. Um, but, yeah, I was just dying and I think I, <laughs> I think I even called, like, I called the labour ward again, like, a few days later to be, like, I'm still, like, really sick. Oh, um, like, help. <laughs> they were like, there's nothing we can do. Like, um, and I was due to see the obstetrician on the Tuesday. They do like an appointment where they take your bloods and stuff to make sure. I don't know what they'd check, honestly. It'd be like pre-op. Yeah, pre-op, like check you're all good to go for your C-section. Um, so we did that um, on the Tuesday and I went to the obstetrician. It's going to be too much information, but I literally like wore a pad because I was so petrified that I was going to not be able to make it to the toilet. Like I was like, I need to wear something. I can't just shit my pants. Well, I feel like it's not TMI. I feel like that's smart. <laughs> that's forward thinking. Oh, but anyway. I had that, I went in, I was like holding a pillow because I was just feeling so unwell. Like I was like hunched over. Um, the midwife came, was just there like floating around and she like came over to me and she was like, are you, are you all right? And like, I just no. burst into tears. <laughs> I was so upset. Um, and so she pulled me into her room and she like was like sort of like, what's happening? Like what's going on? I said, like had diarrhea since Sunday. Like I can't keep anything down like even if I was having like a little bit of water it was coming straight out like I am just over this I don't know how I'm supposed to have a baby tomorrow like what's going on um but I was like I called the hospital they weren't really any help um she's like oh my god no she like got the obstetrician in straight away even though it wasn't time for my appointment yet and they're like we've called the hospital like you're going over now you're getting um I don't know how many liters fluid you're getting the um, medication to stop you from being sick, from yeah. being sick. um like well, let's get you feeling good we'll see how you are tomorrow whether we go ahead with the c-section whatever so i went over to the hospital they were giving me the medication and the fluids um then i was still really sick overnight they took a stool sample and then the next morning like arthur was going to daycare he was home with mitch and um, Mitch messaged me and said, like, what's happening? Like, what's going on? Like, look, I'm literally on the toilet right now. Like, there's no way we are doing this C-section today. Like, it's not happening. Like, just take your time. Get a coffee. Like, whatever. Well, no. Obstetrician comes in. He goes, you look good. Like, let's do it. I'm like, I'm literally shitting myself. Like, I don't want to shit, like, on the bed. Like, I'm having an epidural. Like, I'm not going to be able to know, like, if I'm shitting myself. And he's like... He's like, it's all good. Like we see, you should see the, the stuff that comes out like during a C-section. Like it is a mess down there anyway. Like no one would even know. Like You're like, that's not the point. I don't want to feel like I'm oh, a human being. Yeah. I want to see Oh my God. So anyway, he's like, let's go ahead. But because of this, so anyway, then Mitch finally got there. Like he was like, but anyway, got there. He was and so stressed. He was just like, what's going on? I'm like, why? We're not having a baby. We are. Like, so they took me down to surgery. It was so bad. I had to wear a mask because they thought, I don't know, they didn't know what I had. They, yeah. It could be contagious. But it really shits me because, like, everyone else was wearing a mask. Like, why did I have to wear a mask? Like, I'm having a birth. Like, just let me have my birth. And no, you're heavily pregnant. Like, I'm already so sick. Like, yeah. just let me, like be comfortable but yeah they 
they didn't. <laughs> um, so I had the C-section and we had um, Evie. Well, her name is Evelyn, but we call her Evie. The anaesthetist that day, a different one from last time. <laughs> he, was, he was really lovely. Like he... That Mitch and like the nurses and stuff, I think, were like taking photos of us, like with Evie and stuff. And like, I had a mask on, and he, like, while well, like no one was looking, like pulled my mask off and like took a photo and then like, quickly, like, put it back on. He's like, I get in so much trouble, like, if I do this, but like, you don't deserve that. Like, you deserve a photo, like, yeah. of you, like, without a mask on. And even in recovery, like, they had the mask on me still, like, so I'm breastfeeding her for the first time, like, wearing a mask, and it was just like, it just didn't feel right. Like, it just yeah. felt dodgy. Um, so yeah, if either of my births were traumatic, it was the second one, not the first time. I think that maybe that birth, oh, sorry, I'll just continue. I was still sick for the full week that I was in hospital. Diarrhea, vomiting? Yep. So I would, no vomiting, just diarrhea. So I'd be holding her, feeding her in the bed. Oh, they got me up super early after the C-section as well, because I could feel like my tummy rumbling and I'm like, I'm like... Yeah. Get me up. So you know how they usually wait like ages? I was up like two hours after, like walking around after my C-section. So I think that's pretty wild. I think my recovery was a bit rough the second time. And I think it was because I didn't really rest properly. Like I would have to just, like it'd be like 1am and I'm feeding her and I'd have to jump up, get out of the hospital bed, which is hard to get out of. It's like so jump up, sprint to the toilet. Mitch would literally run into the toilet and like pull my pants down. I'd be like, no, like, we'd like just sprint oh in there. Um, but they ended up getting the stool sample back. I think that was the delay. The stool sample takes like a, a while. They yeah. have to culture it and whatever. Um, and they found out I had Campylobacter, so which from chicken? is from chicken apparently. Literally, just listen to <laughs> me. Have a patient with it. Today? <laughs> I was apparently it's really awful. Oh my god, it was horrendous. It's not like it's like from chicken, but I don't. I don't recall eating chicken, but I did like eat oh, out. I'm assuming chicken. Yeah. Oh, no, it's from, from eating like, chicken. No, from actually eating like chicken, like that's not been cooked correctly. But I like been out for lunch and stuff, and like they said it couldn't. It may not have been from actually eating chicken. Like it may have been like Prepping they're not washing. You know, like the prep might not have been right or yeah. some. You know, something yeah. like that. So yeah, oh, terrible. Hell. And then they gave me one one antibiotic. I was it, just one giant antibiotic, and then I was cute, and I was like, this is the one who is, yes, like, could they have just given it to me, and been like, oh, it kind of seems like that, like, it was definitely not gastro, because no one else was sick. No, it just gives you, like, chronic diarrhea and really bad stuff. Honestly, don't know how they didn't know, but. I'm so surprised that the first time he calls, like, because, you know, you're heavily pregnant, you're good nurse. why didn't they get asked for a stool sample then? Go to your doctor or something, yeah. not just let's hang you up to a bag of like hydrolyte because yes. you're yes. Like, what about yeah. your baby? Yes, that's, that's what I was so concerned. Yeah. And I was just concerned about breastfeeding and stuff because I'm like, I've not eaten anything. I'm severely dehydrated. Now I'm supposed to feed like another human. I already don't have yeah. anything. <laughs> like, but like also like you've got chronic diarrhea. They haven't given you anything. Your sutures are all on the inside. How are you supposed to heal properly when you're getting up, going to the toilet? You've just been opened through seven layers and you're jumping around, running, your insides are gurgling. I don't know why they, surely they would have just been like, this kind of seems like this, like, let's just give her an antibiotic anyway, in case it's 
something. Yeah. Like, it's not like the antibiotic would have hurt, surely. Like, no. surely. <laughs> anyway. If anything, it would have been like, that was the wrong one. Let's give you the right one. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. Mine I was just, just killed up a bit of, like, good and bad bacteria. Who cares? Anyway, just gave, it just annoyed me because, like, I was so excited for my, like, week in hospital without a toddler. It's like, I'm going to live it up, like, hospital food. Like, and then, no. The chicken prep was, like, no I'm just going to shit myself for a week. A week of shitting yourself oh, and then you, like, go home and it's like, these two kids. Yes. Have fun. Oh, my God. Traumatic. So, do you think that that made your recovery harder? Oh, my God. And I was, it was so much more painful than the first. Like, I don't remember there being much pain at all with my first C-section. But the second, like, I was in pain for a long time. Like, I was yeah. taking the pain medication for a lot longer. Your poor um, I was just, yeah, it was horrific. And so, did Mitch stay home with you for a period of time? Or was he straight back to work yes. after a week? He was home. I don't know how long he took off. I don't think it was super long. Maybe like three or four weeks or something. He had like a bit of long service or something I think he used. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, I wasn't like fending for myself, but I was um, sore. Yeah, <laughs> just sore. And like I wasn't allowed to pick up Arthur for a certain amount of time and stuff after the C-section because he's mm -hmm. too heavy or whatever. I think that, I'm just going to move on to the yeah. <laughs> next point. Um, I think that that is the reason that I got postnatal depression. Yeah. I think it wasn't the right experience. I didn't really get to bond with her because, I don't know. Your mind was... It was traumatic physically. Yeah. <laughs> um, mentally, it was a bit traumatic. So, yeah, I didn't experience any postnatal depression with Arthur, but with Evie, I did. I was actually surprised that I didn't have any um, with Arthur because I have, like, a history of, like, depression and anxiety and stuff that has, like, come... Um, in lulls like over my life yeah. um, but with Arthur I was just so happy I was like that's like the happiest time of my life just stoked like love for you and so then when Evie came and I wasn't happy I was like oh what is I this? don't have that same yes yeah. and like why aren't I bonded to you why don't I like love you as much and even like and so I felt like that for she's nearly two <laughs> I've like only recently been like oh you know I do love you like oh, I've loved her but just not like, not like not, the bond not I have with not like the I would die for you, you are like the most amazing person. But even when going through the postnatal depression, I think like I, my feelings towards Arthur even changed. So I knew that something was not right because I just was feeling like I didn't love them, either of them, as much as you had I had previously. Or what you thought would be like after having eaten. Yes. Like after experience. It just after. wasn't, yeah, it just wasn't the same. And I am like, I am that mum, like that proud mum that's like, my kid's like the best. You see this? You see what he's doing? Like, he's so good. Like, um, even his do like nothing. It's like shit. But I'm like, cool. Like, how good is he? Um, so I knew like something was up when I wasn't having that like super like proud, like, oh yeah. God, you guys are the best feeling. I was just, yeah. Numb? Is yeah, numb. Numb yeah. would be the right word. Like I was just over it. So I went to my GP and they gave me antidepressants. Um, when did you go to your GP? Like, yeah, like how long um, after? It was probably like a three months or something. Like I don't think it was straight up. Like I think it took a little while for me to be like, okay, something's not right. Yeah, mm -hmm. this isn't. Or like the feeling wasn't. Or like maybe I thought maybe I thought like it would change and it kind of didn't. So I was like, oh, like a, I think I. And I moved pretty quick. Like I hadn't, I hadn't um, 
even mentioned it to Mitch really. And then I was like, yeah, like I'm depressed. And Mitch is like, oh, <laughs> I think Mitch was annoyed. It's like, why didn't you come to me with it? I'm like, well, you're not, he's super logical. Like, you're not going to do any, be able to do anything about it. Plus if I tell him he's, I don't know if your partners are like this, but Mitch is of the impression that if something is wrong, he has the responsibility to fix Success. it. <laughs> you, you can't fix this, sweetie. Like this is, this is all me. So I think he was a bit annoyed that I like sought out help from like a doctor and a psychologist rather than him. But I'm like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to you for, I don't know. Something that example is, like I wouldn't go to you for a haircut. Like yeah. this is not your Thing. That's a great example. Yeah. Like, you're not a hairdresser. I wouldn't go for you to you for a haircut. Yeah. Like, like it's it, not the same. You've got to yeah. fight. Like, you, you, are my, you are my partner. I'm like, love you. But you're not going to be able to help me through this mental thing that I have happening. So, yeah, went on the antidepressants. Didn't really like them, to be quite honest. They just made me feel more numb. Like, that's not really solving the problem here. Like, the yeah. problem is that I feel, I feel not bonded to them and I don't feel like I love them. And then this just makes me feel even not less things. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make me feel anything. Like, I just don't feel sad. I feel nothing. Like, um, yeah. And I was going to, like, the same psychologist that I'd always been to and she'd say things like, oh, you don't feel bonded to Evie because you're just so busy. You're just always doing things. Why don't you get a cleaner? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And I'm like, I don't think that is the issue. Like I don't, the workload I have, like, yes, it's hard sometimes when Mitch is away. The workload that I have is not that high. Like I wasn't at work. Like, I'm just running the kids. And the kids go to daycare. Well, Evie wasn't going to daycare, but Arthur was going to daycare a few days a week. Like, it's not like my workload was so hectic that I needed a cleaner and I needed all this stuff. I just, I don't know. Like, I was just mentally not coping. I was just overwhelmed to feel like life was so hard. Like, I'd be like, well, I've got the groceries coming today, so I won't be able to do, like, anything else. Like, that's the day. Like, I'm going to be so busy, like, getting these groceries, cutting up a little bit of fruit, like, and swamped. Like, can't do anything. Yeah, I just didn't realize that that, like, wasn't normal. I thought, like, oh, this is just it. Like, I'm just I'm just useless. Like, why can't I do it? Everyone else can do it. Like, but that was, like, one of the things that led me to um, seeking out the ADHD diagnosis. Okay. Um, I think maybe if I hadn't experienced the postnatal depression with her, I may not have sorted out because it wasn't affecting my life. Yeah, badly, if that makes sense. Like other, I was sort of managing before that, but then with Arthur getting his diagnosis, um, well, I knew he had it and I sort of started looking into it more and being like, oh. So did you looking into Arthur's appointment prompt you? Yeah, so I'd be looking up ADHD things and like how to parent a child with ADHD and I was in like some of the groups and stuff and I'd be like reading things and be like, oh. I find, like, this is, like, relating to me. Yes. So even the pediatrician, like, I think in the first appointment when I sort of brought up, oh, like, do you think, like, he might be, like, a bit ADHD? And she's like, yeah, like, and it's, she's like, he's a bit young, like, to say for sure. I think he was three then. She's like, come back in a year. She's like, but, like, if you've always seen that he's different to everyone else and he's always been like this, then, like, yes. You are the the best You know. Yeah. Um, But she was like, often it is like a genetic thing, like a parent has it. Mitch, like immediately like, yeah, you. And I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Why why have you not talked this before? Like, what do you mean me? Like, what are you talking about? So just to backtrack to like 
kind of like connect the dots. So with the PND, do yep. you think that that's when you started picking up ADHD things like, you know, like connecting as well? Yes. Or do you think there's two separate things for you? Um, so I think like having the ADHD, um, I've always been, sorry, like I said before, I had like a history of like depression and anxiety, but I don't think like now that I'm diagnosed with ADHD, I don't think that that was ever the problem. I think the problem was that I had this underlying ADHD that was missed and, and therefore they were just saying, oh, like... These are the titles that we're going to give you. Yeah, it's depression. Oh, it's anxiety. Yeah. Oh, it's this. Because they can all be things that come with having ADHD. Like, because you are... Um, my mind is for me, my mind. Yeah. I don't think I do too much physically. I'm like, now I'm going to be watching myself, like, if I'm moving too much. Um, Arthur's, like, the super hyperactive, like, he never sits still, but mine is in my head. Yeah. So, like, my mind is always really busy. I find it hard to concentrate. I have always said that it feels like I have, like, a million tabs open. Like, if yeah. you're on a computer, like, there's just a million tabs. And Mitch will just get the shits on with me sometimes because, like, I wake up in the morning and he'll be like, I've just counted and you have 20 different tasks, like, that you've started. <laughs> But not finished, but it's because I just like think yeah. of something and then I'm like, oh, this and this and this and that. It's you, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, Sorry, I feel you looking at me. I'm like, just oh, listening yeah. to the podcast and you're talking about like studying and like oh. different things. I'm like, oh my God, like my plug. <laughs> if Tyler was listening to this, <laughs> he gets these shits with me <laughs> yeah. and I am not one for self-diagnosing I feel like I joke about it all the time too yeah. <laughs> people like I don't like it when other people self-diagnose and I can fully understand and appreciate that but in the same sense Tyler's like what the hell why are there eight things that are like half done like how are you cooking trying to hang out in the washing half fed the cat and like the food is on the table and I'm like I think it's just because of how your mind works mm -hmm. and like it's not a bad thing um because I feel like we can like we can get stuff done sometimes yeah. be able to accomplish so much more if we could focus a bit better but it's like it's certainly not a bad thing like I would say that productive we're still productive yeah and yeah. I, I would say that having ADHD has made my life like pretty interesting like I've tried my hand at like a bunch of different careers and like you know like and you're doing really well it's not boring like I've done all different sorts of things so um probably what we were talking about before that no so I was saying do you think that like the PND related oh, yes. to the ADHD and you were saying it it's kind of like when they said you have anxiety and depression yes it's because you have the undiagnosed yes that's ADHD what I think it is underneath. yeah and I so think that like it was just the umbrella Yes, I think it was yeah. just making my life a lot harder than it needed to be and I was unsure why life was so easy for everyone else when it always felt like it was really hard for me. Like yeah. I just felt like I was a hamster like running on a wheel, like trying to just keep up with everyone else and everyone yeah. else could just do things. And I'd be like, how? Like how'd you do that? Like, like how, how can you manage all of these things? Even just this one point when I was – this would have been in primary school, so this is really bad. But in primary school, I remember realizing that not everyone cried every day. Like I just thought that was normal. Yeah. I was like, why, but why am I crying every day? Like, I'm literally like, I'm a child. Like, it's not like I had any stress, but I was stressed. Yeah. Um, and just the overwhelm. I had like a lot of things as a child growing up that were red flags that I, apparently it's just really hard in girls. Like, it's just not like, as is obvious. Is it the emotions? It's, it's emotions. It's more than physical. Yeah. Because I've done a little bit of research, obviously, because I'm like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be me. And like. There and there is a huge presence on 
TikTok as well. And I don't want to yes. rely on TikTok at no, the moment. But, but the thing like, is, like, I've seen memes going around about that. People are, like, whinging because they're like, oh, all these people that think they have ADHD now. It's like, well, no. It's all these people that were missed. Like, it or because they we relate to the certain thing. Yeah, we didn't know before. Like, we... Yeah. It's, it's a good thing that people are getting diagnosed It's bringing now. awareness. It's, yes, it's bringing awareness. It's not people and people aren't jumping on it. No one wants to have ADHD. And that's the thing. People are saying like, oh, like it's just a trend. Like you just want to do that. Okay. I did not spend, I think I've spent two grand on the psychiatrist so far. That's to get your diagnosis and your ongoing appointments for medication and whatever. Like I don't want to just spend two grand on this. Like what would I do that for? Especially because the medications have side effects that yes. aren't great. Like, I know for a fact, Dexies make you thirsty as hell and, like, your joints ache. Like, nobody wants that. Yeah, no one's going for it, like, just for fun. Like, I mean, unless you were a drug addict, maybe. I don't know. But they're not yeah, anyway. So, could you just quickly run through the process of um, getting diagnosed, like yes. for you and your son? Like, was it yes. the same? Like, no. Yes no. So if you're a child, you can get diagnosed so easily because a pediatrician can diagnose it. I mean, there's still a wait for a pediatrician, um, but generally, like, you can go in, he just got diagnosed in one appointment. Like, I think it was like, I don't know how much the pediatrician was, but you got, like, some back from Medicare and stuff. Like, it wasn't too wild. Um, for adults... You have to go to your GP first. You have to get a referral to a psychiatrist. That's fine. Then you have to find a psychiatrist. And it is really hard to get a psychiatrist. Why is they, that? I don't know. They're, there's they're a, booked out, yeah. they? They're really booked. Or you can't find one that's willing to. Yeah. So some won't take on new clients. Um, it's really big wait lists. Like usually it's like six, 12 months. Like that's like kind of the standard. Um, but I just happened to post in one of like the ADHD groups and said like, son's like, going to be diagnosed soon. I'd like to look at getting a diagnosis for myself. Does anyone know if there are any psychiatrists like around Brisbane Bayside? Like I don't really want to go into the city and wherever mm-hmm. everyone else was recommending, like, can someone let me know? And a friend of mine messaged me and said, oh, like there's a new doctor, um, in the Redlands, um, maybe you could like try them. And I was like, oh, okay, like I'll have a look. Went on the app, he had an appointment in 10 days. I was like, that is mine. <laughs> like booked it immediately. Like I think it said like, oh, do you have a referral? And I didn't yet, but I was just like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I do. And if they call me, I'll just fumble and be like, oh yeah, like it's coming. Like, oh, I'll get it. Um, but then I got my referral went for my appointment my first appointment they go through like your medical history and stuff so i had like lots of things like as a child i had insomnia i would vomit every night like not normal at all but i don't think i don't know what the doctors would have said it was then like i don't think they never did anything for it they just were like oh i think they took me to like a psychologist like one appointment or something like it was not really anything um but I had that I had already read in the groups that they like you to bring your report cards from school so I bought my report cards along honestly I was super surprised by my report cards because my memory of school was that I did really well at school and that I was like super smart and I mean I did do well at school but all of the comments were like Oh, she's easily distracted. She talks too much. She has really low self-esteem. She, um, 
would do so much better if she could apply herself and use her time better and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, like how, like, how is this missed? Like, it's literally like in clear writing, like these are red flags. And, but I love that they write that on the report card. That's it. Like I think, and I think that that is why I have such bad self-esteem because my whole life I was just kind of... No one connected the dots for you. Everyone was saying things, but no one... Everyone was just saying, you're crap. Like, do better, work harder. And I was already, like, at capacity, like, working as hard as I possibly could. But I just couldn't. Like, it was ADHD. Like, I literally could not concentrate on it. Um, So, yeah, I had to... I bought those in. Um, He, like, scanned some of those, like, for his records. Um, He went through like my medical history, things about my family, like whether anyone else in the family had like any mental things. And then like halfway through the appointment, oh, we spoke about like my careers and stuff as well. Like I've had like a variety of careers. I've never had, I've only really had a full-time job like once because I've never been able to handle a full-time job. Like I've always worked part-time and I have never understood like why, like how can everyone else just work full-time and like manage their house and do all these things? And I just like couldn't. so yeah, I just couldn't understand like any of that. Um, so we discussed that. I like went to uni, I dropped out of uni because I couldn't finish it. I went to music school because I, I sing. <laughs> I couldn't do that either. I couldn't finish that. So yeah, just all these things that were like super obvious, like, oh my God. Did your parents ever pick up on it? No. And um, so I'll get to my mum next, but during that appointment, the psychiatrist was like called the front desk, like reception. And was like, can you open up the diary for 8.30 tomorrow? Like to, And then he's like, can you be here at 8.30 tomorrow? I was like, oh, like, okay. Wow. Like, I was confused, like, because I assume you just have the appointment and then you, like, go away for a while and come back in, like, 10 days, whenever the next appointment was. But I think he was like, this is an obvious one. Like, let's just yeah. get her in and get this diagnosis done so we can get the ball rolling, like, get the medication, do whatever we need to do. So you also have to fill out, like, some forms they have like a questionnaire i think it's called like a dsm something um and it just talks about things like can you sit still for a movie can you do this um another one is like speeding tickets like do you have many speeding tickets i'm like i literally like (laughs) (laughs) i literally like one day i got done I have three speeding fines from one day, like in the same spot. And they're like 10 minutes apart. Like I just, I've never been going like that fast. It's not like I'm like speed. I might be going 70 in a 60 zone or something, but it's not because I'm speeding. It's because I'm just so oblivious to anything else around me. Like my mind is not even driving. Like, um, so that's another one that they ask about. But yeah, he got me back. Um, Do you have speeding tickets too? (laughs) No, constantly. Random traffic things happen to you. Yeah, okay. I just crashed my car recently. Oh my god. No, but like, So he got me in the next day at 8.30. I had to fill in a questionnaire. I had to get um, someone else who knows me to fill out a questionnaire as well. So I called mum because Mitch was away. And I said, mum, can you come to this appointment with me tomorrow? They just want to ask me like questions and stuff like that. And I need you to fill out this form. Mum calls me. I've got to hope she doesn't listen to this. Mum (laughs) Mum calls me an hour before 
the appointment. And she goes, I'm sorry, sweetie. I couldn't fill it out. I don't think that you have ADHD and I'm not going to like, Oh, the appointment. I'm not going to support like this. Like, oh, she, she came. She's like, but I don't believe you have it. Like I'm, I can't fill out this form. Doesn't sound like you. Like, I don't see you like that. Like, so I ended up getting Mitch to fill out, um, one side of the form. And then one side of the form was like childhood. So mum, I did, get her to fill that out we like literally sat in the car five minutes before the appointment and we went through them and i was like yes and she's like oh yeah like okay um so then we went up into the appointment and he asked the questions and she like brought up she said that i was the worst person to live with growing up because i was just so angry Wait, and so, I, sorry you're saying this about your mom my mom said this about me that i was the worst person to live with because i was always so angry and like emotional like off the rails like they never knew what they were going to get which is a big adhd thing like you just lack emotional <laughs> you're like oh <laughs> danny's fanning herself you'll have it. <laughs> crazy though that it relates to like, so many things like it does relate to so many things mm-hmm. and like then like it would have been different for you to see it through your son like do you know what i yes. mean like yeah, it's yes. also true and like your mom to be like oh no i'm not filling this out and then be like oh actually well, she was this and she was this. Yeah, funny you She vomited like all her childhood at night, had insomnia, did this, did that. Yeah. Um, but then she did literally say in the appointment, I don't think she has it, like to the psychiatrist. And he turns around and goes, yes, she does. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so wait, going, like go back to that, like was your mum in denial or did she, like what? what I guess so. I think she doesn't really think that. It's a thing. Do you think it's an A? Like I think it's just like at that age group, yeah. they kind of don't think. Like everything needs a title. Yes. Much. I feel like coming yeah. in towards, like, we have no problems with titling things, people, yes. you know, mm-hmm. things like that. I don't know how to say this properly. Sorry if I, like, offend anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm offending anyone. Um, where I guess people, you know, from the 1900s are like no people don't need well no what you mean yeah. like they they don't i don't think that they feel that titles are we need to all. label mm-hmm. anything i don't think sh- i think that maybe i think that adhd has always had like a negative connotation maybe and it's only mm-hmm. now that it's kind of been like oh well, it's not really that negative like you can oh, get help for it and also um heaps of people that have adhd are actually really successful and i say like to arthur like when we both got diagnosed that week, I said to him, oh, like, you have ADHD and mummy has ADHD. I'm like, do you know what that means? And I'm like, it means we're, like, fun and we're creative and, like, yeah. all these things. Like, there's so many positive things about it. Like, it's, I don't want him to think, like, oh, like, it's a bad thing having it. Um, there is a negative connotation, too, with ADHD children that, like, they're naughty. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's but shame. I was about to say that. Is there levels of ADHD? And obviously you saying that yours is a mind thing and then yeah. Arthur's is yes, a more so there's, so there's different types so um oh god I don't know I cannot remember for the life of me the actual terms but there's like three um types I think one is inattentive um one is hyperactive and then there's combination I think don't quote me maybe we could find like a link Yes. So I think that those are the three different types. Um, I actually don't even know what 
I've been diagnosed with because I did ask for the report and then they never send it to me. But anyway, we'll get back to that. Um, doesn't really matter. Like I'm still on the medication now. So um, I guess yeah. it doesn't really make a difference what it is because the medication is definitely working. Can you touch on that? Like how you're feeling now? Oh like my God. Medication? Like, I can't believe. <laughs> You've gone this long? I can't believe. So I'm 30. I got diagnosed when I was 29, like at the end of the year. I can't believe it's taken me this long of my life to feel like this. Like, imagine, I just think, More what could I have done? I might have finished uni. I might have finished music school. Like, I may have done all of these things. But then, you know, maybe I wouldn't have done some of those things. I don't know. I felt a bit angry at the start. Like, how was this missed? And especially at mum, like, a bit annoyed, like, um for her to come in and say, oh, no, you don't have it. She's good now. She's really supporting now. And I love my mum. She's the best. But I was kind of like, like, how? Like, how did you let me be so depressed and stuff for so long? But she didn't know. She just didn't. And um, like we've said, they kind of all had a different view of how yeah. these things were. I think it's only kind of coming about now that it's kind of like more acceptable and not really awareness, like a, yeah. a stigma to it. Um, so, yeah, the medication... I take three tablets a day um, and they do, I wouldn't say I'm, like I don't think you can ever be cured, <laughs> like I'm always going to be a bit ADHD, which I'm fine with, but it does give me the ability to focus longer so I can cope with things and yes, my coping skills, um, that's what I find it has helped a lot with. Um, like I feel less overwhelmed yeah. like previously like I said I wouldn't be able to like get the groceries and do something else on the same day I'd be like well I'm getting groceries that day I can't possibly do anything else whereas yeah. the other day and it sounds so stupid it would take me like an hour to figure to like make the right decision like you get decision have trouble making decisions when you have ADHD so, and I'm a perfectionist as well. So I would like take me even longer to be like, oh my, oh my God, is this going to be right? Um, so I like would struggle to dress the children. Cause I'd be like, should they wear these shorts or these shorts? Or is it going to be a bit cool? Like maybe they should wear leggings. Maybe they should have a jumper leg. And it would like, honestly stress me out. Like I'm yeah. so stressed thinking about what they're going to wear, which sounds so stupid, but it was, that was my reality. And like, now I can do things like that. Like I can just grab an outfit out and be like, that's the outfit. And I can um, like cook something and clean it up and not be like, usually I would just be like so overwhelmed. Yeah. Yes. Like be like, Oh my God, I'm so exhausted now that I've done this one thing. So yeah, I definitely think um, the medication has made, a massive difference and obviously feeling so much happier um it's crazy to like I've obviously always been with my kids because Mitch is away and I do most of the parenting but it's crazy to actually be able to sit down and be there like, like not present. be in my mind like yeah. actually sit there sometimes with Arthur and like actually be able to do something with him mm -hmm. like do you um, feel as well that you've connected more with Evie as well yes so that has been like the cure really like for the PND um I feel connected to her now that's I amazing don't... yeah so wait yeah. so you, you having been diagnosed on medication you yep. found that it's balanced out yes the that you have. yes so now I feel like I do feel connected to Evie it's so annoying that I feel cheated like that was two years that I could have been loving her that mm -hmm. I I did but not how I should have 
like I should have, I feel like I should have loved her more or differently. Um, but she was always, it's not like, she's like, she was always safe. She was loved, yeah. but, um, I just didn't have that sort of connection with her. And then it's only been like after then that you can really realize, and I like look back at photos and I feel so sad. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, like you were so cute. Like I missed out. Like I really didn't enjoy it. Um, but yeah, like, so definitely going on the medication has just helped my entire life. My relationship with Mitch is better. Um, yeah, just everything. It's wild. That's amazing. Yeah. So I'm like, everyone get diagnosed. <laughs> oh, yeah, this medication. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to get you back on for so much more. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, sorry. Like, it's amazing. Like it's really eye-opening, and I feel like we can like appreciate so much about the story, like you, you know, your life story that we can share with other people that maybe going through yeah, it. Like, yeah, like bring the same thing. Yeah, like it's awesome, and we're so grateful for you to come on. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much yeah. for having no, me. No, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> you tell us where we can find you and we'll yes can we actually talk a little bit about your the magic baby lab yes um so we just had a read of it this morning and honestly it's beautiful like so how did you get onto the person who illustrated um so the illustrator i found like through a platform so she's not even in the country she's just like argentina or something like that she has a foreign um, name yeah so um been no communication barrier but it's actually been good because when i was going through the pnd and i'd be like up overnight and stuff like feeding evie um that would often be uh, that must be her time zone so like she'd be away, it became like my little project of like something that was, I know it's for the kids, but it became like something that was for me. Um, so I would go, jump on there and we'd like talk about what illustrations we want and I'd have to like pick and choose certain things. And, it's like your um, creative output. Yeah. So um, that was really good. Um, so yes, you can find me. Um, my Instagram is mischief and mellow and that is also my website.com.au. I also have like stockers of the book. It's on Etsy. It's on Amazon. Like just if you Google it, like you'll be supporting me in some way. But if you buy it from a stockist, that's fine too. Like it all, it's, um, buy off the website. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's like so lovely that, um, I, I'm just blown away because I just set out to cover my costs because there's costs obviously involved. I had to pay an illustrator, which is not cheap and printing the book, um, has a cost. So my goal was just to sell enough copies to cover the costs, but I have, um, exceeded that. Sorry. Amazing. Yeah. Do you want to ask your questions first? So when you were thinking of doing this, it was for the kids, the whole basis yes. of the book yep. was so that you've got like a hard copy to share with your kids. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and your experience. Yes. With yes. IBS. Yes. yes. Um, so that was what it was for. It literally just started as like a little note on my phone and I um, am in like a group chat with some of my mum friends and I just like sent it through and was like, oh, like I've written this, like, what do you think? Like, do you think like this is a thing? Like, should I like write write a book? Like, (laughs) should I put this out there? And they were like, oh my God, like, yes, like it's great. Like do it. Um, And a friend of mine had written a book, sorry, a friend. A mum from an IVF group that I'm in, but yeah. we were all like close. Like, so I've never met her, but, um, 
she had written a book that was also very successful um, called Lockdown Baby. Okay. Um, just about the COVID babies and stuff like that. And she'd done it herself, like self-published and stuff. So I reached out to her and said, like, hey, like, I have this idea for a book. Like, what did you do? Like, how, what are we, the process? what's the process? Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, well, I've just, like, written a course on how to, like, self-publish your own book. Like, how to find an illustrator, where to print it, like, has everything in it. Like, had templates, like, literally everything that you need to do it. Um, and she's like, I need people to, like, pilot it do you want to like to would yeah. you like to do it and i was like yes hell yes, <laughs> hell yes i would awesome. um so that was so helpful and she's been such good support like um answering any questions um so yeah i did that and then ended up with a little book um started a website just thinking like oh, i just try and sell a hundred yeah. And I thought that might take like five years. I don't know. Like, let's just see what we can do. Um, but now I have sold 800. So I'm <laughs> stoked with that. It's still not like, it's not enough that is, to. That's amazing. And wait, <laughs> wait, when did you release? Um, so that's a year. I've, in a year, oh. I've sold 800. So I'm like, I'd really like to sell like 5,000 a year. So I had like a more consistent income. But I'm like, 800 is good. Like, I really am just so hard on myself all the time. Like, yeah, you should be. <laughs> for my first book, first sort of jab at it, I'm like, that's pretty good. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah, we'll definitely tag and reshare. And if you guys buy one, can you tag us in it and tag her yes, in it? And please. We'll know. Yes, please. Yes, sharing it helps so much. That's so good when yeah. people sort of get out there. I do just want to ask. So this book, obviously, you've got um, Arthur, who's four yep. now. Yeah. Did this help him understand the process? <gasps> or no? He's funny. Like, yes, it does. He does like get that he was born a magic baby differently. Yes, and he. Um, I, I wouldn't say he understands, but he does know that. Like there was like doctors and a lab and stuff involved. Like, it's not like he was just traditional, like just born by magic or like, I don't know what other parents say, <laughs> born by a stork or something. Yeah. Um, but he does know that he is different. And all I really wanted it for was for them to know that they're special. special. Yeah. Like they were so loved, so longed for like, yeah. Um, and yeah, they're amazing. Like they are, they're little miracles. So Amazing. Hmm. No, I, I only just read this book just before you got here and I'm saying to Danny, like, you got goosebumps. <laughs> and it's not a process that I went through for brain, but I can appreciate, like, the longing. Hey? Yeah, and it is. It's magical, like, the way it's worded. We can be told from our parents, because I got told from my parents that I came by a stalk and was dropped off through a chimney. Why <laughs> <laughs> can we not like, I'm yeah. this way out. <laughs> no, this is more like magical. <laughs> Thank you so much. No, I love it. And um, maybe we could do an audio review because he's a little bit older. Oh, yeah. I see what he's yeah. I mean, he's seven. Like, he would look at that and be like, you know, yeah, so maybe we'll do a little review with Oni. Yeah, I'd <laughs> so love to hear his thoughts. Oh, Unless he throws me under the bus. Don't do not do that. No, <laughs> no Oni won't. He's very, very kind. <laughs> Any more questions? Or is there anything that you wanted or feel like you haven't touched on before we wrap up? I think we have covered everything. The only thing we didn't really talk about was um, spin with bodybuilding and PT. But I feel like that is a whole other can of it. We could always do that another time though. That would be such a fun app. 
I feel like we do that. We'll come back another time and yeah, dive into no, that. If you're happy to do that, we yeah. love that. You could do There's a lot, lot around that. Yeah. Body yeah. image, all that sort of thing. Yeah. So. And then especially like postpartum. I was thinking we'd link that. Because mm. let's not lie. Can be a obsession. <laughs> yes, I've heard. Into the gym? Where are we? Thank you so much for having me. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.